It's Thursday, the 21st of October, 2021. Welcome to Fear and Greed, the business podcast that sets you up for a successful day. I'm Michael Thompson, and good morning, Sean Aylmer. Good morning, Michael. Bank branches and ATMs going the way of the dodo. That is our main story today. Also this morning, booster shots for COVID ready to be rolled out. Retailers find shoppers a fickle. And might Facebook change its name? Then stay listening for Sean's chat to Craig Cowdery from Sonder, the health and safety business which helps employees face up to physical and mental challenges. It's a very interesting chat, that one. But first, Sean, nearly 10% of bank branches closed in the last financial year and ATMs are disappearing even quicker. It might sound a little bit dramatic, but the world of banking will never be the same. So true, Michael. The Australian Prudential Regulation Authority said 447 bank branches closed last year. There were more than 1,800 ATMs shut down, or about 19% of the network. People don't like cash anymore, especially in a COVID world. That's why there was such an acceleration of ATM closures last year. But it just continues to trend. APRA says there's been a 44% drop in ATMs since the middle of 2017. But there's more to it than not liking cash. Banks are also trying to cut costs in the low interest rate world, and branches are costly. That's not a COVID thing, that's a real world thing. Online banking is now commonplace among all age groups, from young to old. Getting a loan involves a broker often, or a representative from a lender coming to your house or talking to you over the phone. The decline of the bank branch is irreversible. And also, Sean, a lot of the products that banks are offering now seem to be very different to five years ago. I noticed that Westpac, like National Australia Bank and Commonwealth, are offering a no-interest credit card. Yes, the banks are targeting the millennials at the moment and the buy now, pay later crowd. Mostly these sorts of products, the one that Westpac brought out yesterday, have a flat fee rather than an interest component and are effectively digital wallets, though you can get a plastic card if you want. There's plenty of innovation in the merchant area as well. Commonwealth Bank, which is a leader in the area, yesterday said it would replace many of its terminals with smarter systems, hoping to boost its share of the small business market. You don't think much about it, but the banks are some of the most innovative companies in the country, and they have to be to keep up with everyone else. Yeah, they sure are changing quickly. So how did markets perform then over the past 24 hours? Well, technology stocks led the S&P ASX 200 higher yesterday, supported by decent rises in financials and industrials. The S&P ASX 200 finished the day up half a percent to 7,413 points. Now, the worst performers were the telco and energy stocks. Among the big banks, Commonwealth Bank, Westpac and ANZ all raised by around 1%. Macquarie Group finished more than 2% higher. The big miners were mixed. The corporate regulators was back in the market also, Michael. I know you like this story, talking about pump and dump schemes. Oh, I do. It again posted a message to a telegram group composed of retail and professional traders, warning them of illegal behaviour. It's the second time this month the regulator has made the warning, and yesterday it said it was monitoring the chat channel and may be investigating its participants. That's enough to put the wind up most people, I would imagine. I wonder if the participants took it a little bit more seriously this time. I hope so. I hope so. The Aussie dollar is trading around 75 US cents. The appreciation in the unit continues. And in commodity markets, China's top economic planning agency yesterday said it wanted to ensure coal output increased and it will give priority to coal deliveries through ports and railroads. That was enough to send the price of coal sharply lower. And that's why Whitehaven Coal was the worst performer of the top 200 stocks on the ASX yesterday. All right. How about Wall Street? What happened overnight? 
The S&P 500 is inching towards a new record and looks like it will have a sixth consecutive positive day. Again, it's strong earnings reports from big US companies that's boosting Wall Street. European markets were mixed overnight. We'll be back in a moment with the rest of the day's business news. Sean, plenty of stories around this morning with vaccination rates now approaching 70% and beyond in many parts of the country. The government's introducing booster shots from next month. Yes, I remember when I got my vaccine, I spoke to a doctor friend about it. He made the simple comment, get what you can and remember it won't be the last time you get a vaccine for COVID. Turns out he's right. The national vaccination rate is now 70%. That's quite a milestone. And Health Minister Greg Hunt yesterday said subject to advice from the Therapeutic Goods Administration, Australians could start receiving booster shots late this year or early 2022. In fact, third shots are already available for about half a million people with compromised immune systems. Vaccine mixing is also likely. So, Michael, if you've got an AstraZeneca shot, you could get a Pfizer, Moderna or Novavax booster. Of course, many of us will receive third shots well before many poorer nation residents get their first This isn't just about looking after the poor, though that's exactly what we should be doing. It's also about preventing mutations from arising in lowly vaccinated countries. Mm. And what else was happening in the COVID world yesterday? Vaccinations will be mandated for around three quarters of Western Australia's workforce under new rules announced by Premier Mark McGowan. While the sand gropers are recalcitrant around opening up their borders, at least they are pushing hard on vaccinations. That's good news. Victoria reported 1,841 new cases yesterday. There were 24 in the ACT and 283 cases in New South Wales. Now, Sean, there's been a few retailers coming out with changed profit guidance. It really is a crucial time for the sector now over the next couple of months as lockdowns end just in time for the run up to Christmas. Sure is. The COVID crisis has shaken the wheat from the chaff in retailing. Some analysts estimate that up to 10% of poorly performing retailers have disappeared due to lockdowns. That's not necessarily a bad thing. What it does mean is that as shopping centres and high streets reopen, there's actually fewer shops selling stuff. That should be good news for the retailers that made it through. And we know that people have around $200 billion in savings in their bank accounts. Economists say there's plenty of pent-up demand and the labour market is stronger than anticipated. It could turn into be a really good Christmas for retailers. Are we seeing it yet? Things are pretty mixed. Online retailer Kogan.com yesterday reported strong growth during the September quarter. Remember, Kogan ordered too much stock earlier in the year and ended up with these huge inventories. That's now subsided, and the retailer's share price took off yesterday as a result. But Super Retail Group, which owns Rebel Sport, Super Cheap Auto, BCF, and MacPack, said lockdowns had hit sales hard, even though there had been a big jump in online sales and click and collect. And Adairs reported something similar, total year-to-date sales for them, were down about 8.5% on a year ago. At least it's said it had had a good week when stores reopened in New South Wales. Now, Sean, the New South Wales ICAC inquiry heated up yesterday. This is all about former Premier Gladys Berejiklian and her relationship with disgraced MP Daryl Maguire, who wanted funding for his gun club in Wagga. He was pushing hard for that funding while having a secret affair with Ms Berejiklian. Yes, former Premier Mike Baird appeared yesterday He said Maguire was relentlessly pursuing a funding bid for the gun club. Mr Baird said he was incredulous when he learned of the relationship between Ms Berejiklian and Mr Maguire, and he would have wanted it declared. Ms Berejiklian didn't declare a conflict of interest at the committee, where the $5.5 million grant was eventually green-lighted. 
Okay, Sean, what's making headlines in today's news media? There's a fair bit around this morning, Michael. Superfund's Unisuper and Seabus Property have partnered with AMP Capital to take a majority ownership of Pacific Fair on the Gold Coast and a half stake in Sydney's Macquarie Centre in a $2.2 billion mega deal, which makes it the biggest direct property transaction ever in Australia. That's according to the Financial Review. The Fin is also running a story that says a Senate committee has laid out an ambitious plan for Australia to take a leadership position regulating the global digital economy, including developing a governance model that would allow companies to be run by an internet community instead of executives and directors. Very creative. The bipartisan proposals would see Treasury gain powers to control cryptocurrency exchanges under a new category of financial markets license, creating protections for Bitcoin investors, including local custody rules. Several media outlets are reporting that Rio Tinto will spend $10 billion over the next nine years to halve its carbon emissions in the belief that radical immediate action is required for the world to decarbonise by 2050. It includes ambitions to shift its Australian aluminium smelters onto a larger renewable power source by the end of the decade. And the Sydney Morning Herald is reporting that Sydney's train network will become the first in Australia to transition to net zero emissions after the state government moved to power the massive transport system with renewable energy. The government has committed to a four-year agreement with Snowy Hydro-owned Red Energy for the electricity used by the network, which produced close to 700,000 tonnes of carbon dioxide last financial year. Meanwhile, Atlassian co-founder Mike Cannon-Brooks has pledged to donate and invest $1.5 billion on a climate projects by 2030. Plenty going on. Running through some of the other stories around today, BHP and Andrew Forrest are in a battle for Canadian nickel explorer Neurant Resources, and yesterday the Big Australian lifted its offer for the group by $128 million. Mr Forrest won board support for his 70 Canadian cents a share offer just yesterday. BHP's 75 cent offer had made them flip to support the new bid. I've mentioned A2 Milk a couple of times recently, Michael. The worst performing stock of the top 200 for months has had a remarkable two and a half weeks, jumping nearly 30%. Yesterday, Citi put a buy recommendation on the stock, confident that the Daigu sales channel into China will turn its fortunes around as borders reopen. Just a quick one, Sean. Westpac has secured federal court orders for the arrest of alleged fraudster Bill Pappas in Greece after a judge said he repeatedly disobeyed court orders and was seeking to avoid being served with key documents. That's going to be a long, long battle, that one. Origin Energy held its AGM yesterday and upped its profit guidance on the back of higher oil and gas prices. The company was also hit with strong support for activist shareholder resolutions on climate change. And Beach Energy said oil production fell during the September quarter, hitting its revenue. And several of the gold companies were updating the market yesterday. Uh, Evolution Mining said it had bettered its gold production guidance for the September quarter at a lower than expected cost. And Oz Minerals said while copper production was tracking in line with expectations, gold production was set to increase this financial year while costs will be slightly lower than expected. And in some disturbing news, Michael, Endeavour Group, owner of Dan Murphy's and BWS, said supply chain problems could disrupt the supply of beverages, particularly imported drinks. What a crisis. This should have been our lead story, Sean. It should have. Don't go thinking you're going to buy too much French champagne in the run-up to Christmas. We'll see a rise in homebrew. Perhaps. (laughs) Maybe. All right, what's the key overseas news this morning? 
There's been more bad news out of China. Home prices fell for the first time in six years. The Chinese property market is already in trouble thanks to the financial woes of several large property developers, including the Evergrande Group. Yesterday's numbers are more bad news. WeWork will finally debut on Wall Street, valued at about $9 billion. That's way below the $47 billion. It was worth just a month before the pandemic hit. Netflix has doubled the number of new subscribers from a year ago thanks to the mega-hit Squid Game. We spoke last week, Michael, how the series earned Netflix around $900 million US million in value. It's reached more than 142 million viewers globally. And finally, I have no idea if this is true or not, but it's well worth talking about. According to media reports, Facebook Inc. is planning to rebrand the company with a new name. It could occur in the next week. Now, why one of the most recognisable brands in the world would rebrand? I mean, do you think Coca-Cola would change its name? Why it would rebrand is totally beyond me. I suppose the technology giant has been under pressure from regulators and consumers around the world, and you've got to give its boss, Mark Zuckerberg, some credit. He's got a pretty good track record at making entrepreneurial calls, but interesting. Yeah, it's an unusual one, that one. It's got kind of all the hallmarks of an April Fool's joke, doesn't it, except for the fact that we're in October. The 21st of the 10th, 21. Great number too. Indeed it is. All right. Up next is the daily interview. And it's an interesting one today, Sean. You're speaking to Craig Cowdery from Sonda, which is a fascinating business. Yes, Sonda offers a complete service for mental health, physical health for employees of big companies. It's a really different take on how to look after your people. Yeah, absolutely. I think the the involvement of actual physical first responders, people heading to somebody's house to check on them is something a little bit different. Well worth having a listen. That's up next in the Fear and Greed playlist on your podcast platform or at fearandgreed.com.au. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Michael. It's Thursday, the 21st of October, 2021. Make sure you're following the podcast. Join us online on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook, and sign up for our free daily newsletter at fearandgreed.com.au. I'm Michael Thompson, and that was Fear and Greed. Have a great day.